Listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. This morning, we're going to talk about plugging in through connection. Understanding, just look at that screen right there. Notice that there is a piece that is missing out of the image. I want you to understand today, your life is an important piece. You may say, well, pastor, I don't sing on the praise and worship team. I don't do drama like the youth. I I don't play like this, and, and I don't do this, and I don't do that. But do you realize today you still have a part to play? There's a piece that's just you. And a piece that only you can fill. And without your piece, the picture is incomplete. And there's a void. Because there's a missing part. Here's the picture of connection I want you to get today. Just like that plug, there's three prongs. I want you to see the threefold or three prongs of connection that I want you to grasp today. The first is this, connected to God. Say that with me, connected to God. It's the first one. The second one is connected to his house, connected to church. Say that with me, connected to church, connected to church. And then the third is this, connected to others. Say that with me, connected to others. Now, of course, the first connection is the most important. Speaks of our relationship to God, connecting to God. I said this last month in one of my messages. Relationship is the beginning and the end. It all begins and ends with relationship. We've got to have a relationship with God. It's so important that we have relationship, that we're connected to a God that wants to be connected to our lives, that wants to help us and strengthen us. But then the second connection is also important, and that's to be plugged in and connected to church. Can we say it this way? Family. Family. Because that's what church is. Being a part of a family, coming together, not having it all together and not being perfect, but coming together for what? With the hope that when we listen and hear the word and the teaching and the truth of God, what happens? Correction comes to our lives. Guidance comes. Growth comes. Development comes. And those are important qualities. Those are important attributes. Those are things that need to be present and a part of our Everyday lives, relationship, God, growth, development, help, strength, connected to the church. But then there's still one more, and that's connected to others. 
Connecting out to others, being a witness, sharing the gospel message. And the last time I heard the gospel message was still the good news. It was still some good news in a bad world. It's still a message of hope. It's still a message of life to everyone and to anyone who would hear it and receive it. So all these three connections are so important. And I believe as children of God, we cannot afford to live without any one of those. Relationship, the house of God, being a witness to others. Because that type of connection is so important. Because it means we're not just in it for ourselves, connected to God and being about his house. But we're also reaching out and touching those who are lost and need help around us. When you go into your workplace, when you step out of this building and it says on top of the door as you leave, now it's my time. What does that mean? It means my time to connect. My time to be a bridge. Because that's what you are. You're bridging people's misconceptions. There's a lot of misconceptions out there about God. Do I hear an amen? There's a lot of misconceptions out there about church, just full of a bunch of hypocrites. Why would you want to go there? They're the only army that shoots their wounded. And before they shoot them, they just torture them a little bit first. A lot of misconceptions out there of God. We can be a bridge. There's a lot of hurts out there. I'm sure every one of us right now could list at least ten people that we know that are hurting real bad right now. A bridge between their hurt and a God who can heal their hurts. There's a lot of ignorance out there today. People don't know. Well, what is God? I I talked to a guy, happens to be from England, a really cool guy. He's a friend of mine. He's been over in America now for three years. He's 41 years of age. Up till three years ago, he didn't even really know of God. He said, I knew enough to believe that there was a God and I knew enough to not believe there was a God. He said, I didn't really know anything about God. He said, in 38 years of my life, he said, there was only two people that I knew in my whole life that even went to church. And he said, those two people weren't even a good representation of God. 38 years I lived, not hardly know. You see, we're so blessed in this nation. Do you realize in England, less than 2% of the population go to church? In America, it's over 30%. I think it's closer to 35%. But most families over here, there's some kind of connection somewhere, whether it's through grandma or grandpa, there's some connection to God. In England, a lot of these other nations, there are not that connection. There's a lot of ignorance out there. But you know what? We can be a bridge between their not knowing and showing them a God that loves them and that cares for them. There's a lot of hopelessness out there. There's even another group of people out there are the people who don't even think they need God. Everything's going great in my life. I'm successful. I'm blessed. Why would I? Salvation and Christianity is just for weak people. But you know what? We're called to be a bridge. 
We're called to be a connection that we can connect their worlds with his world. That we can connect their lives with the life giver. Jesus told a story, a parable is what he would call his stories, which is an earthly story that has a heavenly meaning. And Jesus one day talked about a bunch of sheep. He talked about that there were 99 who were saved. They were all taken care of. They were in their fold and everything was good. But the whole focus of his story wasn't on the mass, the crowd. The whole focus on his story was there were supposed to be 100 sheep. And there was one missing. The whole quest or the whole thought of the whole story wasn't about the 99 because the Bible says he left those. And he went after the one who was lost. He left the safe and went out hunting the one who was lost. For what reason? That he could connect that one back to the fold. It's our responsibility. As those who say we love God and serve God and God's changed our lives, it's our responsibility to go after the one. Come on, the one is still lost. There's still one more soul out there. There's still people who are hurting all around us. I think as children of God, we need to have almost tattooed across our hearts the thought, no one's going to go down on my watch. No one's going to go down on my watch. And you see, here's what's so incredible. That when we bridge that gap and people find Jesus, what happens? They then go out. And they bridge the gap. And they bring others to Jesus. And then the ones they bring to Jesus bridges the gap. And and lives are touched and changed. Can you see how the cycle continues? And how important it is that we're the ones that's got to start the momentum? We're the ones that's got to bridge the gap. And go after those. If we could just grasp the fact that God has called us to be a bridge. A connection between him and mankind. I'm telling you right now, this place would not be full enough. Look around you now, we've barely got enough room. But think what happens if everyone wins just one. We double in size. That's how quick and easy church growth is. We double in size overnight. And you may say, well, Pastor P, where are we going to put everyone? Just bring them. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of that. I said, we'll take care of that. Come on, let Pastor P and the leadership team here, we'll worry about that. You just bring them here and I'm telling you, you bring them here, we're going to give them a place to be fed and taken care of. And we're going to give them the gospel message. Connection. Here's my definition of connection today. If you're taking notes, and I think you need to take notes in church because they say that you're less likely to go to hell if you take notes in church. So I think it's probably pretty important that you're only joking. But I think it's important that you take notes in church. And just write down. Here's my definition of connection. Reaching. Serving. 
having a whatever it takes mentality. Reaching, serving, having whatever it takes mentality. I want to remind every one of us today of what happened to us. I want to tell your story today. Can I tell your testimony today? And here's the beauty of this story. Perhaps it's not your testimony yet, but it can be. I want to tell an incredible story, and it's probably one of my favorites in the Word of God, and it's one that I've shared many times. But if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 10, and verse 46 through 52. And we're going to read about an old blind man called Bartimaeus. It begins in verse 46 of Mark chapter 10. It says, Now when they came to Jericho, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and with a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timnus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and he began to say, Son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, and he cried out the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. Verse 50, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said unto him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, teacher, that I might receive my sight. Verse 52 says, Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight. And he followed Jesus on the road. I want to share with you quickly this morning the reasons why I love this story so much. Just a few reasons. The first reason I love this story so much is this. Here's a blind man that no one cares about. I want you to picture the story today if you could. Here's a blind man that no one cares about. He's insignificant to everyone else. He's judged because of his condition. He's a beggar. Why? Because he is unable to provide for himself by normal means. He cannot work. He's blind. He's a beggar. So therefore, he has to rely on everyone else meeting his needs and supplying for him. That doesn't make him very popular. So he's a beggar, and we know on top of that, he's blind. Do you know that when you were blind back in those days, they looked at blindness as a curse? That you were cursed because of sin in your life? That God had cursed you? So he's a cursed beggar. He's not top of the invite list. He's one of those ones that's avoided at all costs. If possible, no one wants to be around him. Here's the second reason why I like the story. His cry is heard by Jesus. It annoys other people. 
Could you just keep it down? You're, you're making too much noise. I mean, like, who cares about you? It annoys other people. But it was a cry that stopped Jesus. People all around were shouting that day at him and shouting, just be quiet. I mean, for goodness sake, you're a cursed beggar. Why would you ever think that Jesus would ever want someone like you? Huh. That's a line that Satan still uses today. I said, that's a line that Satan still uses today. He maybe has changed it up a little bit, like maybe saying you're a waste of time, you're a mistake. Maybe saying, there's a whole lot more people important than you. If we ever get to you, it's probably going to be a long time from now. Just give up and forget it. You're wasting your time. Satan says things like, you really think Jesus cares about you? He says things like, no one from your church even called to see where you were. You haven't been there for three weeks. They don't even notice that you're gone. No one cares about you. Does anyone know the kind of mind games that Satan plays? The words that he throws against us to stop us from getting to Jesus. Joyce Myers, in the title of her book, I believe, says it perhaps the best. It's a battlefield of the mind. The battlefield of the mind. You can't listen to the crowd. You can't listen to those thoughts. You've got to bring those thoughts under subjection. You've got to focus. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. In the latter part of that verse it says, Bring every thought into captivity. To the obedience of Christ. Do you know what the obedience of Christ is? The cross. That he went to the cross. He was obedient to the end. That he died for every one of us. What does that mean? That we can bring every thought, every attack, every lie, everything that Satan throws at us. You're worthless. You're nothing. We can bring that to the foot of the cross. And at the foot of the cross, we'll find the fact that he loves us. That he cares for us. You've got to claim things over your life like 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 that says, For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Safe thinking, a safe mind, disciplined thought patterns. Come on, a controlled mind. I'm so glad Bartimaeus didn't listen to the crowd. But he kept crying. And you've got to love the guy. He didn't just keep crying. He cried a little louder than before. I'm going to shout a little louder than before. They quoted Bartimaeus in what we sang this morning. Here's the third reason I love this story. Jesus asks for him. There's crowds all around that day. Everyone wanted to get to Jesus. But Jesus only stops 
and asks just for him. The cursed beggar. The insignificant one. The one that no one cares for. The one that's an inconvenience and in the way of everyone else. But he's the only one that day that Jesus stops for. And he asks for. Out of the whole crowd, Jesus singles him out. You've got to realize there was others shouting that day. There was a lot of hustle and bustle. Everyone was trying to get to Jesus. In fact, there was a lot of times the description of what was happening around Jesus was the people thronged Jesus. That word thronged is the same word that is used as in pressing out grapes, crushing grapes. That the people pushed to such an extent that the disciples literally had to be a circle of bodyguards around Jesus to stop people crushing into Jesus. Everywhere he went, that was happening. Everyone wanted to touch Jesus. Everyone wanted Jesus. There was a lot of cries that day. Can I tell you about some of the cries that day? There were cries of convenience. There was people out there saying, Jesus, if you could just do this for me, then I'd really be happy. Cries of just convenience. God, can you make it better for me? There was cries of popularity that day. Hey, Jesus, can I have your attention? Can we have a picture together so I can show everyone that me and Jesus were tight? I hung out with Jesus. Can you see it on a t-shirt? You and Jesus, I hung out with Jesus. You see, a lot of people wanted Jesus for perhaps the wrong reasons. They wanted it for themselves, not for the fact of their deliverance, but that they could be popular. That they could be, wow, you? Yeah, me. Can you believe it? There was probably cries that day of greed. Jesus, I've kind of got enough, but come on, if you could just bless what I've got and give me a little bit more, it would be really great. There was a lot of cries that day. But amidst all those cries, can I tell you, I'm still glad today. That he still hears the cry of desperation. He still hears the cry of a desperate heart. Can you remember your cry? Can you remember when you cried out to Jesus? Bartimaeus cried out because he knew Jesus was his only hope. There's another line in the Bible that I like and it says, I tried everything else but grew worse. That was the cry of that lady who had the flow of blood for 12 years. She had tried everything but it got worse. But one day she pushed through. She wasn't allowing anything to stop her any longer. There was desperation. Just like Bartimaeus. It's amazing how we try everything else. Maybe today your life is still a part of this. Or maybe it's your testimony. You tried programs. You bounced from rehab to rehab. Even took other drugs to get you off other drugs. Don't know how that makes sense, but that's what they do today. Don't take that one. Just take three other ones. Perhaps you've been to psychiatrists. Perhaps you've been through therapy. Perhaps you've gone through acupuncture. Perhaps you've gone through an exorcism. 
Perhaps it's herbal remedies that you like. Maybe it's been relocation, because that's a big one, isn't it? We think if we can just move from here, we'll just move here and all our problems will be solved. The only problem is our problem goes with us. Because you cannot escape yourself. Let me say that one more time. You can't escape yourself. Tried everything. But that day, Jesus asks for a cry that would not be denied. I've got to get to Jesus. Here's the fourth reason I love this story. Jesus asks him a question that changes his life forever. A question that Bartimaeus himself would end up asking. Hold that thought. We're going to come back to it. But Jesus says to Bartimaeus these words. What can I do for you? Let me say that one more time because I like that. What can I do for you? I have labeled that question as the most loaded question that has ever been asked on the face of the earth. Because it wasn't me saying what can I do from you. We're talking about the creator of the world. The one who holds the universe, Jesus Christ, stands before Bartimaeus and basically says to him, buddy, whatever you need, bam, I can take care of it. Come on, Jesus is standing before him and says, anything, ask anything, take whatever you want, anything you need. You can have it. There's no limitations to this question. There's no restrictions. Come on, there's no blackout days. Whatever you need, you can have it. Whatever you need, you can have it. There used to be a show in England. The guy's name was Jimmy Savile. Andrew may remember Jimmy Savile. I don't know. But Jimmy Savile had a show that was called Jim will fix it for you. Jim will fix it for you. And what would happen is people from all over the country would write letters to Jimmy Savile to make their dreams possible. Perhaps they wanted to race a racing car. They would write to Jimmy Savile and say, you know what, I've always wanted to do this. Could you make this possible for me? Perhaps they wanted to be a professional soccer player for the day. Perhaps they wanted to do this or that. So many incredible things and dreams that so many people had. And they would hand select these people and they would make it happen for a day. And they would show up at people's houses or at their schools and they would pick them up and they would take them to their favorite professional soccer team and they would meet all the people and they would hang out for the day. And it was like Jimmy Savile made their dreams come true. Then every Saturday night at six o'clock, people would turn on to see Jim fix it for you. And for an hour, they would show story after story after story. And they would have the people sitting on the couch after they had showed the story. And sitting beside them was perhaps Tony Stewart, who was their favorite race car driver. Or perhaps Stephen Gerrard, who's an incredible soccer player. Or maybe Drew Brees. Drew Brees would say it was great to have Philip with us today. Or the other day, and he did a great job, and we had fun. And then behind the couch, there was always something behind the couch. So they would reach behind the couch, and here's a football signed by all the guys. And look, here's an official jersey, because you're now one of the team. And look on the back, there's Pimlock, that's you. And you know, and then the last thing that they gave them was a medal that said, Jim fixed it for me. 
And it was always the responsibility of the person like Drew Brees or whoever that they would put up and that person would just smile from ear to ear. Can I tell you right now the question that Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus blew poor Jim a fix-it out of the water. Jim fixed it for a day, for a moment. But the one Bartimaeus was standing in front of, lifetime, lifetime, lifetime. Small print, lifetime includes not only this life, but also the afterlife. Eternity, eternal, eternal, eternal. So after... Pushing through the crowd. He still had to push through the crowd to get to Jesus. But here's my picture of the story. That you can see that the crowd began to open up. And began to make a way. And as I read that, I began to think. It was almost like the Red Sea. That Jesus opened it. And what was the Red Sea? It was the pathway of deliverance for the children of Israel. As the crowd opened up, Bartimaeus began to walk through. You know what that was? That was his pathway of deliverance. He was coming to Jesus. He knew his life was different. How do you know that? He knew his life would never be the same because he threw aside his garment. The garment was that which recognized him as a beggar. He he threw aside his old life and he said, I'm not going to need that anymore. Why? Because I'm standing before God and he's going to give me a new identity. Come on, am I telling someone's story in the house today? What once was is no longer anymore. Why? Because we've cried out to Jesus. He's heard our cry and he stood there and said, what do you need? Would you come to me? And as we come to him with all our burdens, with all our mess, with all our screw ups, with all our hurts, habits and hang ups. And we come to him. What can I do for you? He left his whole life behind. He was getting ready to grab a hold of that John 10.10 stuff, that life of abundance stuff. Anyone read that? If you haven't, you need to. But I come that you may have life, that you may have an experience, that you may live life abundantly. Come on, with abundance, more than enough. He's standing in front of life. John 4 verse 6 says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He's standing before life itself. And he says to Jesus, I want to see. Remember, blindness was labeled as a curse of sin. In essence, he was saying to Jesus, set me free from this sin of my life. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see. Break every bondage. Break every stronghold. Break every curse of the past in my life, Jesus. I want to be free. I want to see. I want to be new. And the Bible says that day he got his salvation. Because look what Mark 10 verse 52 says. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you well. Sozo. You know what that means? That he didn't only receive an external healing that day. He got his eyesight back. The Bible tells us he also got an internal healing that day. Jesus changed his heart. He's a new person. He's not the same any longer. He's now free because whom the sun sets free, come on, help me out in this place today, is free indeed. 
Now I know today that story may be different to yours. In the fact of the circumstances and the situations are different. But I believe that story is still your story today. Because every one of us was lost. Every one of us had no hope. Every one of us was bound. Every one of us was broken. Every one of us was wounded and hurt. But as we surrendered to him and got to Jesus, pushed through the crowd, We're now new in him. Once like this, now like him. Come on, complete in him. But listen to me this morning. Who's the guy, Paul Harvey? But that's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story. Look what it says in the last part of that verse that's up on the screen there. Go your way, your faith has made you well. Many of us end that story and say, praise God, he got his healing, everyone's happy and everything's good. See you later, let's move on. Notice what happened to Bartimaeus' life. He's not blind Bartimaeus anymore, he's just Bartimaeus. People can't go, what up BB anymore, it's just what up B. (laughs) Some of you are going to laugh on Tuesday when you get that, don't worry about that. But look what it says. And immediately he received his sight. And he followed Jesus on the road. He follows Jesus. He's now following Jesus. And I wish I had more time, but Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to be crucified. He follows Jesus. Once asked the question, what I can do for you by Jesus, Bartimaeus, by the example of his life in following Jesus, is now saying to Jesus, remember that question you asked of me? It's now a question I want to ask of you. What can I do for you? What can I do for you? Because a life has been so changed, the desire of that life now is to follow and do whatever God would ask. Through his encounter with Jesus, the miracle, the healing, his life, the salvation experience, he now wants to commit his whole life to touching other people and seeing other people's lives changed. He's ready to connect people who are like him or were like him. He's now ready to say, guess what? Listen to what happened to me. And he's ready to connect them to a God that changed his life. He's ready to connect them to a God, listen to this, who despite his past, looked beyond and saw his potential. Jesus that day could have so easily looked and said, you're right, he's just a cursed beggar. What value is there in him? But I'm so glad, and this is our testimony, that he looked beyond us and all our failures and our weaknesses. And he saw the potential that was buried perhaps real deep in some of us. But he saw that potential.
And he said, there's a vessel that I can use. There's a vessel that I can use. What can I do for you? So what is it that you have done for God lately? What have you done for God lately? Where have you allowed your light to shine? Because look at this, the next verse of the first chapter, or the first verse of the next chapter says this. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem. Notice the words there, when they drew near. There's a new addition to the they. Come on, Bartimaeus is in the they crew. He's there following, he's there, his life is changed. It's very sad how quickly we forget. I said it's very sad how quickly we forget what he delivered us from, what he saved us from, what he overlooked, but yet applied the blood. It's very sad how we've lost sight of that. And we've almost found ourselves become blind again. As we take for granted and lose the passion of the change that took place in our lives. Remember when you first got saved, you couldn't shout it loud enough. The excitement and joy you had, I mean, you saved the cat and the dog five times because they were maybe the only thing that listened to you, but you prayed for them and talked to them anyway. I mean, you were a walking, talking, Christ-witnessing evangelist. Sad, isn't it, that today we look and we have to question where that's gone. Connecting to God, connected to His house, but also connected to others. You see, thankfulness is not just a word. There's a lot of people that say, oh, I'm so thankful to God. But you know what? I believe true thankfulness is not just a word, but when it's accompanied by action, it's going to bring wholeness. One day there was ten lepers who came to Jesus and only one came back to say thanks. And you know what? The Bible says there was only one that day that was really healed. Oh, they didn't have leprosy anymore, but they were still missing fingers and toes and and all this thing that happens with leprosy. But the Bible says that there was one who came back, fell at the feet of Jesus, thanked Jesus and said, Jesus, you're incredible. You've healed me. Basically saying, whatever can I do? My life is in debt to you. I cannot repay you for what you've done. What can I do from you? And Jesus says, guess what? That act of thankfulness has now made you whole. Fingers appeared. Toes appeared. You may say it doesn't say that in the Bible. The Bible says he was made whole. He was made whole inside. And can I tell you, he was made whole outside. It's quite funny, isn't it, that one of the first things that leprosy does to you too is cause blindness. A lot of blindness we're talking about today. Speaking of sin. The decay of sin. The decay of sin. Where are the other nine, Jesus said. Only one came back willing to serve. I wonder how many people have got saved. I wonder how many people have given their heart to Christ here. But yet, it's now just all about you. And you forgot to not only give thanks to Him, but realizing now I've got a job to do. Look at what Jesus has done for your life. 
Look what Jesus has really done for you. But yet we don't even tell the person in the next cubicle to us at work. We pray in church. We pray in the mornings. Oh God, that you would use me. Yet we walk through our daily day with our eyes closed, literally blinded to every need that's around us. There's so many needs. There's so many opportunities for us to connect with others, to connect them with Christ. How will they know? Perhaps unless you tell them. I think someone said it really good. They said, perhaps you may be the only Bible that someone may ever read. Your life. Your life. I'm sure the reason you're here today is because someone told you. Someone connected you to a God. Someone shared truth with you. They saw worth in a cursed beggar like you. And told you that Jesus loves you. Look what it says in Matthew 5 verse 14 through 16. It says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all those who are in the house. So verse 16 says, so let your light so shine, how shine, not hidden, but put on display before the people at your office. Before the people at your work, before the people at your school, in the grocery store, in your neighborhood, your family. Let your light so shine before mankind that they may see your good works. And guess what? Glorify your Father in heaven. Say with me, connected. So they can be connected to God. They see the testimony, they see the witness of your life, and your life now bridges, connects them to a God that can do the same for them. Something about light though, isn't there? The only problem with light is it attracts everything. You know what I'm talking about? Go outside and turn the light on at night, you'll get everything that you didn't want. But that's okay. There's going to be people attracted to your life that you may look and say, wow, I don't know I can handle them or that. But I'm telling you right now, as you let your light shine, there is not a story that's going to come towards you that God is not able to take care of. And God is not able to clean up and sober up and set straight and make right. Come on, there's not one case out there that God can't handle. And some of you in this house are living proof of that today. Do I hear an amen? But here's the deal. We've got to let the light shine. We've got to get them to Jesus. We've got to bridge the gap. We've got to be the connection. Who have you touched lately? We may not always see the breakthroughs and the results. We may not always see the tears and the repentance and the healings and the miracles. We pray for people and it doesn't always happen right then and there. 
But can I assure you of one thing today, that when you share the gospel with someone, the Bible tells us that God's gospel shed forth, it will not return void. It will accomplish that which it sent out. That's the word. That's the truth of God. But if it's not sent out, it cannot be received. It may not be embraced right there. They may spit in your face. They may slap you in the face. They may say, you're crazy. You're one of those freaks. Who cares about you? But be like blind Bartimaeus. Cry just a little bit louder. Why I'm connecting them to Jesus. Pray for them like you've never prayed for them before. Love them like they've never been loved before. The greatest witness we can be is to love them when they kick us. It's easy to love someone who loves you in return, but it's something else to love someone who kicks you in the teeth. Love them. Love them. Why? Because the gospel will not return void. But if I don't share the light, if I'm not the signpost that points them to Jesus, if I'm not the connection between the world and God, the bridge, there's no hope. You see, Jesus is the only one who can save and he's the only one that can deliver. He's the only one that can set free. We can't do nothing. We can't even heal a fly with a headache. Save him, we're powerless. But with him, but with him, connect with others. Live a life of service like Bartimaeus. God, what can I do for you? Live a life of service. Remember the three prongs? The three forms of connection? Listen to how they refer to service. Come on, let's serve God. Don't just be in relationship with Him. Serve Him. Don't just come to church. Serve in the house of God. Don't just be around other people. Serve other people. Be there. You see, part of the culture of our church is EMI. Every member involved. We believe in that. We believe everyone's got a part to play. We believe people need to get involved. We, need pe- we believe people need to get committed, volunteer, pioneer. I believe there's ministries in here right now that God has placed in people's hearts and lives, that he's birthing something inside of them. Just like Dan, four or five months ago, he came to me and said, Pastor P, I want to start Celebrate Recovery. Come on, I believe that there are other such ministries and breakthroughs and things that God has inside of us. But what happens as we serve God, as we serve the house, and as we touch other people, guess what? Those things will be begin to be developed and brought out in our lives. Yes, our most important connection has to be to Him. That's our number one priority. But as a result of that being right, every day you're going to wake up and say, God, what can I do for you today? How can I serve you today? How can I help, play a part, serve, connect, be a witness? What can I do to bring others to Christ? Why? Because my peace, is there any way you could put that first slide up with the title? Because my peace is not going to be missing out of the picture. Come on, my peace, my life, is not going to be in want and missing. I'm going to plug in. Come on, I'm going to plug in my life through relationship through church life, and I'm going to connect to others.
As I close this series, we're going to actually talk a little bit more about connection on Wednesday night. But as I close the series today, as a pastor, there's always concerns when you preach messages as this. When we talk about getting plugged in through vision and prayer, tithing, giving, and then connection, serving, being a bridge. And here's the concern I have. And that is this. It's so easy for us to move on to the next series, and it's going to be a great one. We're going to be talking about next Sunday, behind the music, talking about worship, praise, turn up the volume. We're going to be talking about that. It's going to be an incredible series dealing with praise and worship. But the problem is, so many times we just move on to the next subject and we leave what we've already studied behind. My concern for every one of you today is this. What we're teaching you is life application. You've got to apply these things to your life. Don't just wait for the next thing to come and then the next thing. Come on, it begins today. You've got to start adding things like this to your life. You've got to start adding vision. Why? Because vision is what? That you get planted and established in the house of God. What do we talk about? Discovering an effective prayer life that we can pray His will, His word and for His glory. That we can realize that when we give to God with our tithes and we put God first, supernaturally he wants to touch our lives. And we're talking today about connecting, being a witness. Come on, we can't just say okay and move on. There's got to be application to these things. Because if you unplug your life from these things, I believe you're unplugging your life from power that wants to change your life. What can I do for you? God, what can I do for you today? What life can I touch? Help me to be a bridge between the misconceptions, the hurts and the pains and help me to show them that there is hope. And it's not just a hope. It's the hope. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.